My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people that are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Tiffany Balducci and Jim Freeman. Oshawa is a city of just over 150,000 people on the north shore of Lake Ontario, east of Toronto. A centre of auto manufacturing in Canada, it was also the birthplace of industrial unionism in this country after a crucial strike in 1937. Though certainly not as hard hit as some manufacturing communities across North America, things like unemployment, poverty and income inequality have a presence in the community today in a way that just wasn't the case 40 years ago. New times require new ways of struggling to create change. We Are Oshawa is a newish group, and when you hear it described, what it draws from past struggles, how it goes about its work, who it involves, it sounds just like common sense, like the sort of thing that's probably happening everywhere. Yet it's not at all clear to me that that is the case. We Are Oshawa is actually, I think, quite an exciting experiment. It is multi-issue, it is quite pointedly not a coalition, but rather a horizontal democratic membership organization whose political focus is determined by those members. It involves labor activists, students, community activists, environmentalists, retired people, youth, and more. It is campaign-based, it emphasizes creative actions, and it seems able to apply a healthy share of strategic thinking. It combines newer activist tools like social media, with a major emphasis on older approaches that many groups today don't do nearly as much as they should, things like face-to-face -face encounters, door-knocking, and canvassing. Balducci and Freeman talk with me about the group, and they tell me about its campaigns and actions so far, and about its approach to mobilizing people. I spoke with them by Skype to phone from Oshawa. Uh, and before we get into the interview, I should warn listeners that the connection with Balducci in particular was somewhat muffled during the middle portion of the interview. I did my best to edit around that, but there are still a few points in what follows where you'll need to concentrate a little to make sure you get the great things that she has to say. My name is Tiffany Balducci, and I am a librarian in Oshawa, Ontario. I moved to Oshawa six years ago from Flint, Michigan, and I'm very happy to be in Canada now. I was a temporary foreign worker for about five and a half years, and I'm happy to say that I'm now a permanent resident in Canada. And I am an organizer with We Are Oshawa. I'm also president of QP960 which is the Oshawa Public Library's Workers' Union. I'm Jim Freeman. I'm a retired auto worker. I'm a lifelong resident of Oshawa, 30-year member of UAW, then CAW, now Unifor. I'm beginning to get active with our retirees. I'm also president of Durham Region Labor Council. I guess I grew up in the auto industry. My grandfather started at General Motors in 1934, and my father worked there for 40 years, and I did my 30 years and got out. And it's really weird, you know, because we try to do our organizing more on a grassroots, banging on doors and talking to people. But Tiffany and a lot of us met first through social media on Twitter and stuff like that before we ever met in person. We were retweeting each other's tweets and stuff like that. So it's a really weird mixture of people we have, but it seems to work. 
Yeah, definitely. I would say for We Are Oshawa, it's a perfect blend of, because some of us do know each other first from social media, and then some of us are on the Durham Region Labor Council together or attend that together. And then there's also students and regular people that are interested in their community and making Oshawa a fair place to live and work. So it's a great blend of activists from all walks of life, really. And it's really gained momentum over the last year. When I moved to Oshawa six years ago, I came from Flint, Michigan, which is no stranger to the auto industry, which Oshawa was pretty much started with. It was the town that motivates Canada. So Flint was also similar, but had had a lot of losses pretty much my entire life. So I kind of thought that Oshawa would be along the same lines as Flint, and I was pleasantly surprised when I moved to Oshawa to find that even though it suffered similar losses, it had bounced back a lot better than Flint did, and it still has, you know, general motors here, which is good. But also there's things like Durham College and UIT and other types of industries and education that help support the town. So I was very pleasantly surprised when I moved to Oshawa. I was also happy to meet people that were really community-minded and grassroots-driven, either through labor or just through me working at the public library, just like moms who bring their kids in to story time. And then they also volunteer in their free time as well. I was really happy to see that. But I do know it's not the same as when Jim can speak to you back in the 70s when if you didn't like one job, you could just go across the street and find another job. The unemployment rate is a bit high in Oshawa, and the tuition fees are very high. So we do have a lot of poverty, and the ratio is huge between the haves and the have-nots. There's a part of Oshawa that's like the north end of Oshawa that they call Poshawa, with the income bracket very high. You've seen a real change in Oshawa going back at least 20 years as the, as the auto industry started in its decline, where we've seen General Motors more and more outsourcing jobs. And yes, we still have lots of, we call them feeder plants, plants that are building parts and different components for cars that are being built in Oshawa. But years and years ago, those jobs were all in-plant jobs. And of course, those jobs remain now and they're still unionized, and compared to most jobs in Oshawa, they make a good wage, but not compared to work at General Motors. So we've seen the income decline in people. And, you know, 20 years ago, if you went to a fair amount of houses in Oshawa, if you knocked on the door during the day, probably somebody would answer. But nowadays, most people aren't home because they're working two jobs to make up for that income that that isn't there anymore. So we've seen a decline there. And like Tiffany said, the inequities are really starting to show in Oshawa where you have a real divide between people that are making a decent living and people that are struggling to get by. I mean, I look at our food bank from Labor Council. We do work with the food bank all the time, and more than 50% a year over the last few years, they've seen increases in, in visits to the food bank, and it's not necessarily people that don't have jobs anymore. It's the working poor, people that aren't making enough money to be able to put food on the table for their families anymore. So we have a problem that way with inequity, and it seems like governments are ignoring this problem. So that's part of the reason, I guess, we've all got together, because we all are passionate about our, our city and making it better for everybody. So tell me how the group first came together. A little over a year ago, I happened to have a chance to go out to Winnipeg and sit in on some meetings, and there was Acorn Canada was there. And there was a bunch of not-for-profits, mostly environmental groups from Ottawa. There was a group from Toronto uh, and a bunch from B.C. and that. 
for two days, I, I listened to see what they were doing, you know, and thought, well, we should be able to do something in Oshawa. And a bunch of us were in at the local Pride Parade because I had just come back the day before. And so I started talking to people like Jesse because I've known Jesse for quite a few years. And Freeman here is referring to a community activist in Oshawa called Jesse Cullen, who was originally going to be one of the participants in this interview, but didn't end up being able to make it. Jesse's passionate about social issues. So I talked to Jesse and a few other people, and we got together loosely, and, and then Tiffany joined, and, and a bunch of other people joined. And, you know, it's taken us a, a while to really get organized, but I think we have a really democratic, more of a horizontal type of a structure built so everybody's empowered because that's what we're trying to do is empower people to take ownership of the issue themselves. We're there more to help organize it, but we want to grow the group so that the group has taken ownership of all the issues and are pushing them forward. I got involved by finding out about it on social media. I think the first meeting I attended was in September of 2013. We were still working on the minimum wage campaign. I think that's the first thing that we are also focused on. The cool thing that we do is that the members pick a campaign to focus on, and we do different creative actions around that campaign and canvassing or whatever the members call for. And the first one we did was the minimum wage campaign, and that was really successful. We did all sorts of creative things with that. We've had a few different campaigns since then, and our social media base has grown, and our meetings have grown. We had a meeting last night with over 30 people there, which doesn't seem like a lot to some other organizations, but that's the most that we've had that I know of at the general membership meeting, and it was people from all walks of life, which was great. The other thing that we started with the minimum wage campaign, and we are continuing through now with our new campaign we're going to take on, is holding some just some brainstorming sessions. Just a bunch of people tossing around, you know, a very loose, structured meeting where People are just tossing around ideas to come up with something fun because we want to get our message out, but we want people to have fun while they're doing it so they want to come back and do other things, you know. I want to hear about other campaigns as well, but why don't you tell me a bit more about the decision to participate in the minimum wage campaign and then some of those creative actions that you came up with to be a part of it. With Jesse and a few other people, when when they first started their minimum wage campaign, we had participated, you know, in Melt the Freeze when you had the $10 bill in a block of ice and delivered that to our local MPP's office. The action Freeman was referring to was taken up by local groups in a number of cities across the province, the symbolism being that the minimum wage had been frozen for a number of years and the freeze needed to be ended. To learn more about the broader campaign to raise the minimum wage in Ontario, search at rabble.ca or talkingradical.ca for the episode of Talking Radical Radio from April featuring Sonia Singh and Anthony Tamburino. So then when we got the group together, we thought, well, it'd just be a natural fit for us to continue working on that campaign because it was an important campaign and it was an important campaign to workers all over the province so we thought it would be a perfect fit for us to jump into a campaign that's already started but we could lend our own creative little touch to it it, it seemed to be a perfect fit for us some of us had already been working on it anyways and people seemed to like what we were doing because every month we were at a different MPP's office and we always had press there and we always had a good turnout for whatever action we decided to take that day yeah, and some of the actions, I know on YouTube you can see the minimum wage monopoly outside Christine Elliott's office. 
And the whole idea was that you can make enough money for $200 to cash go, so everyone kept going to jail, so it's kind of like a street theater piece. And then we have a Santa Claus parade in Oshawa every year that's really well attended, and we just got candy canes and put stickers on there that said, Santa's helpers need a raise, minimum wage, $14. Find out more at weareoshawa.ca. And we handed out candy canes. It was really well received. The parents were like, oh, yeah, I can get behind, you know, minimum wage being $14. It was an excellent idea to do that. It got us to have the conversation with the parents, a nice, relaxed conversation. We weren't pushing anything on them. But people were opening up to us. It was really phenomenal to see it. The next month, a whole bunch of groups that were also working on minimum wage were all doing that. So it was a really good action on our part, and it went over really well. So there are other campaigns that you've worked on as well? Our next one, I guess, was when we decided to work with the postal workers on on trying to save the home delivery. So for that, we organized a couple canvases. We have a few members of Weir Oshawa that are posties, and it's just something that people in Oshawa we found supported anyway because we have a lot of people that still have home deliveries rather than the community mailboxes. So we went to the communities with petitions to Oshawa Council for people to sign saying that they support door mail delivery, and they, they urged council to call on the Harper government to reverse their decision to cut the funding to can the post. And it went over really well. It just went out on a Saturday and Sunday and knocked on as many doors as possible. And I think we got like 600 or 700 signatures. And all the conversations at the door, I would say, were very positive. And after that, we took the petitions to council. Yeah, so we went to council. We wrote up a resolution asking council to ask the Harper government to reverse the changes. We went and did about a 10, 15-minute deputation to council, and then they voted, and every councillor was in favor. So we got that passed unanimously, and they, we always included our resolutions to city council to ask them to send it to all the other municipalities in Durham region, but they went one step further and sent it to every municipality in the GTA. So we're trying to pick some issues, you know, that we can try to get a win out of, if you can, you know to try to get something out of it, if you can, so that people are empowered more and see that doing something, speaking up, does make a difference so that in the future they'll be more prone to say, yeah, we can make a change. What did the group work on after that? Now we're about to take on a child care campaign because that's something, again, that there's a long waiting list in Oshawa like there is in every other city across Ontario and probably across Canada for some affordable regulated child care. So we think it should be an issue in the next upcoming federal election. So so we've been kind of mulling this over and we brought a proposal to the group and it was supported unanimously that we uh, work with a couple other groups to press on the child care. Of course, we're still going to be working with the group. We have a conference call on Thursday, in fact, on the Raise the Minimum Wage campaign because that's going to be an ongoing campaign for us too. Mm-hmm. But our new focus for the next few months is going to be child care because we're also using these issues as, as an organizing tool for ourselves, too, you know, to broaden our group because we don't want to have a coalition. We actually want to have a working group that can stay together on more than one issue. So we're expanding it to grow the group, but to grow ideas for future campaigns. I'm interested in 
the group not being a coalition because when I first heard about We Are Oshawa, the first thing that jumped to my mind is a kind of group that I'm sure Jim remembers from the 90s, the social justice coalitions that existed in a lot of different cities in Ontario. Tell me a little bit about how it's different than that. I've been part of and formed. We I started years ago, me and a couple of friends of mine that worked at the hospital started the Oshawa chapter of the Ontario Health Coalition. But coalitions, to me, for the most part, are destined to fail at some point because everybody comes together for one issue and one issue only, and when their issue is dealt with, they seem to leave. For here in Oshawa, there was always a group of us that seemed to be there at every coalition, you know? And so our vision is this to be more of a people's movement type of a thing where, where a group of concerned people get together and discuss ideas and not from a top-down perspective, but more of a horizontal where everybody's equal and we'll make a decision on what we want to do. And so we differ from a coalition where we're all getting together, be it for child care, be it for lower tuition fees. We're worried about the well-being of the working class in all of Oshawa. And so we don't want to be just another coalition, you know. At least I don't. You've talked a little bit about that you aim to be kind of a horizontal kind of group. Tell me a little bit more about that and a bit more about how We Are Oshawa makes decisions. We're very horizontal. Everybody's vote is equal. Everybody's voice is equal. And that's the way we want it. We don't want one or two people dominating the conversation and pushing their issues on the rest of the group, but we want the group to decide what the issue should be because we want everybody to take ownership of that issue and take ownership of the group. I guess in the long run, our goal is to organize all of ourselves out of a job so that we have a whole community that is doing the work. It sounds like in the conversations that you've had with other folks in Oshawa in the course of doing these campaigns, it sounds like it's mostly been pretty positive. But tell me a little bit more about the substance of those conversations and what you've been hearing from people, what people's concerns are, and maybe the areas where you've found some resistance in some of the organizing that you've been doing. I think that when we have the campaigns and we're just doing like cold backing at doors, canvassing, like Jim said, one thing that we're noticing is I don't know, out of 100 doors that you knock on, you might only actually talk to maybe 15, maybe 20 people. And that's like if you're on a Saturday or Sunday, too. That's not even just during the weekday. So something that takes a while to actually have that conversation with someone. But when we do, we're really, really lucky that it's been positive. We explain who we are. We always say that we're not profit because people always think we're selling something. Because there's nothing in life that's free, right? So they always think that we must be selling something or we're going to ask something of them to do other than, you know, just sign a petition. They always are wondering what's in it for us type of thing. Like, why do we need this? And we just tell them that we think that people should have a voice in Oshawa and maybe you should come to our next meeting. And some people just hear the story and they say, okay, talk to you later, bye. But you have some really meaningful conversations. Like, I've found people that also moved here from the state because they weren't happy with the way things were going in the U.S. and they moved to Canada, but then they were sad with the way things were headed in Canada because in some ways it's just like the United States like 20 years ago. So they were looking for something like We Are Oshawa to make a difference. So we meet all different kinds of people and we don't just go to neighborhoods that we know and have gone to before, but we do always go back to when we get a chance to talk to people that we've talked to before and they say, oh, I remember you from before and and they had suggested that we look at doing things like childcare. So I'm excited to go back and tell some of them that that's what we're working on next. 
it's not all positive. Sometimes we get some some resistance at the doors. We get some people that just don't think that we can make a difference. Like they're just defeated and they just think that we're fighting a losing battle. We've also done cold calling where we call people who are interested in finding out more. And I had a conversation on the phone with a gentleman who gave me a long lecture on capitalism and how it's destroying uh, the world, which I was happy to listen to. And then he said, you know, for those reasons, he doesn't want to come to the meeting because it's a losing battle and there's no sense in doing it. But with that being said, I'm pretty sure he came to our meeting last night. So uh, maybe he changed his mind and he decided to come out and see if there is something that we can do after all. And Oshawa being like known to be a union town, when we were knocking on doors about Canada Post, I did have one or two people say, well, you know, it's the union's fault or that type of thing. And, you know, you ask a few questions, but when you're on someone's doorstep, you don't really want to start an argument with them or anything. So obviously, if their values are completely different and they refuse to sign a petition, I just thank them and go on to the next door. I don't know if Jim has any other stories. Interestingly enough, during the Canada Post canvas, we had so many people thank us for coming to their door with the petition, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, we went to a, a few real working class neighborhoods in Oshawa, you know, older neighborhoods where some of the people are getting up in age and that, and we had all kinds of people thank us and, and you know, call their next door neighbor to get them to come out and sign the petition too, you know. The Canada Post one was very, very successful. You do get your negative comments, but you just have to move on. Most of us have heard a lot of those comments over the years from working on different election campaigns and banging on doors. So you just have to move on and keep on plugging away, I guess, because at the end of the day, it's those conversations. Like Tiffany said, there was two or three people that were at our meeting last night that we had contacted during Canada Post. And then there were three or four more that were at the meeting last night that heard about us by coming to our debate. So we're piquing the interest of some people, which is is what we're trying to do. And when you're having those conversations, and you know when it's a situation where it is possible to have more of a conversation about it, when you run into that attitude of, well, yes, there are lots of things wrong, but there's nothing we can do about it, which I think is a pretty common attitude that a lot of people hold. Yeah. How do you try to counter that? How do you try to encourage people to see that, you know what, we can make a difference if we do things together? I guess my always answer back right away, well, if we do nothing, then nothing's ever going to change. So we have to try to do something. And that's why even on the minimum wage campaign, the minute they announced that they were going to index it to inflation and raise it, even though it wasn't what we wanted it to be raised, the first thing we did within minutes of that announcement was send out a press release claiming a victory that we at least forced the government to move. We at least forced even most businesses do agree that it should be pegged to inflation. Now, we argued about, our, we, you know, we had differences on about how much it should be, but at least we could claim a, a partial victory. Without a year-long battle of doing this, it never would have been raised in the first place. In fact, it never would have even been brought up. So we try to look for a victory whenever we can because I think that encourages people. When we went to City Hall, we did the petitions. Then we went to City Hall and got them to unanimously pass a resolution opposing the cuts to Canada Post. Everybody that signed that petition could, I think, take a bit of a victory out of that because they helped create that by signing that petition. So I think sometimes your actions have to speak for you. And as we build our track record on getting little victories, it's easier to bring people in so that we can work on bigger victories. 
Yeah, I find that when I'm engaging in a conversation with someone who is reluctant to maybe join or get involved because, you know, they have too much going on in life and this is all pointless anyway, I usually use the analogy of eating an elephant one piece at a time, although I would never eat an elephant. Um, I'll just say that. But, you know, I think we've heard that before where you're not going to eat, you know, an elephant or something all, you know, in one sitting. Like you're going to take little pieces at a time and focus on what you can. And so if you focus on the smaller picture in Oshawa and work towards the bigger picture, you know, small victories, like Jim just said, they go a long way. And I also... Through our actions, we show that we're not just talking the talk and like talking about how we can change things. We actually walk the walk like we do in our everyday actions. Um, anyone involved with We Are Oshawa, whether it be under the We Are Oshawa banner, we're always at different community events or rallies or organizations supporting each other. And it's usually anything having to do with something that's on the progressive spectrum in Oshawa. And I just asked them, what would they like to see Oshawa look like? Like, if they felt like they could make a difference, what does that difference look like to them? And, you know, have them sit back and think, what would it look like to me for Oshawa to be a fair place and a livable place, you know, with good jobs and a good community, the way that Oshawa maybe used to be for them? And I find that we get some interesting answers, and that's the whole point, everyone having different ideas of what that looks like and coming together towards a common goal. So what are the things that you see coming up for We Are Oshawa in the next little while that you're most excited about? I'm very excited about the daycare. I was thinking this morning and I thought of a couple of creative actions we could do on the daycare. And that's that's what excites me. I, I mean, I come out of, like I say, the UAW, CAW, and for years back in the early 90s, we did a lot of creative actions, street theater, guerrilla theater, whatever you want to call it. The media loves it when you dress up stupid and do something really goofy in public. They always come to take the picture, but once they take the picture, they have to ask you why. We use those creative actions to get our message out. So the daycare, I'm looking really forward to that. I'm really looking forward to the brainstorming session about making affordable child care a priority. We also, something that may seem like small and innocuous, but I'm kind of excited about, and it also might be because I'm a librarian, is that we have a few members that want to start a book club where we might read books like, you know, The Shock Doctrine and talk about it, or Nickel and Dimes, that's a book about not getting by in America, or The Teamster Rebellion. For me as a librarian, I feel like it's important because you can come together to discuss the ideas in the book, and then we can also relate it back to Oshawa and, and our struggles of the community here and, you know, what we can use from the values in the book going forward as a group. The beauty of what we've been doing is taking provincial or federal issues and breaking it down to what it actually means to the average working person in Oshawa and trying to take ownership of and getting people to take ownership of that issue in Oshawa. You have been listening to my interview with Tiffany Balducci and Jim Freeman of We Are Oshawa. To learn more about their work, go to weareoshawa.ca. That's all one word, weareoshawa.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to make suggestions about topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link marked radio. That's talkingradical.ca. 
I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Sudbury, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.